Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-host, Mickey Turner. Casey's the other voice that you hear. Tim Foss. Of course, Ari Lillian Wall. This has been an extremely weird podcast. Getting dragged all day. Just the bottom line is they, they don't have an answer to that. There's a reason they got signed to first team contracts. And if you're not going to give them respect for that, then have fun losing again next Very year. special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of the Seattle Sounders. You know who he is. Brian how are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome into another episode of Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Mark Kastner. I'm your host. I am joined by Jeremiah O'Shan, the main fella himself, and we are going to talk about the Sounders reaching their fourth MLS Cup final in five years. Jeremiah, wow. how, how are you feeling this this bright Tuesday morning in Seattle? I know. Uh, definitely nothing like a, uh, a trip to MLS Cup to brighten a gloomy day. Uh, like as, as, as you would expect, it's December in Seattle. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that performance overall. You know, it was, I, I think it was tempting at 2-0 to get pretty down on the on the way the season looked like it was ending. I know at one point I said in our live blog that, you know, it's a it's maybe I, I had said like all the buildup, I had said there's nothing that can happen in this game that's gonna make me feel any different about the construction of this roster. I felt really good about it. I liked a lot about it. And then at 2-0 down, I'm thinking, you know. Maybe there's a problem if the two most two biggest impact subs we can make are swapping out fullbacks and bringing in a another holding mid and you know bringing in a a, a like a forward that's just gonna bang bodies and it worked out pretty good. <laughs> maybe that's a, maybe that's exactly the kind of subs you need, uh, and it played out perfectly. And I think I think it was probably the most exciting Sounders game that we have seen in quite some time certainly the most exciting big game that the Sounders have played you know they, they've had big comebacks but never where the stakes were anything like this uh first time the Sounders have come back from a multi-goal deficit to to win a playoff game just a an exhilarating. I mean it was an amazing game it was I have nothing like that's maybe the best word for it yeah I think I think kind of lost and and we'll we'll definitely try to dive into like actual serious soccer analysis uh which is kind of the point of what we do here. But uh, I think it, I think it's important to talk about like one, like how good of a game it actually was because yeah. the Sounders played very well despite being down 2-0 at one point. Yeah, the scoreline at 2-0 felt very unkind, uh, especially when you consider the Sounders had had a goal waved off that, I don't know, I if that if that had been called, a, if Raul Ruiz Diaz's first goal had been, waved off by the AR or by the center ref in real time, I think everyone would just kind of shrug their shoulders. Yeah. And, and I can understand the argument, even on the replay, like Boxall does a good job of position and we're going to get, I'm getting in the weeds here. We'll talk about this later, but I guess what my point was that I thought the centers were playing better than the scoreline suggested. They had essentially given up two really perfectly taken set piece goals and nothing else. Like they really, yeah. We're not challenging the Sounders defensively outside, like within from open play. Like it was 
Minnesota had, had three shots in the box all game. And one of them was off that uh, was off that free yeah. kick. Yeah, that the header that went in. Um, right. From uh, and you know, I just I just tweeted out a picture of the entire all the completed passes that Minnesota had in the game. And essentially they weren't putting the they they did not put anything into I mean they did not complete anything into the penalty area they didn't complete anything around the penalty area uh from open play and you know the Sounders I thought did a really good job of of bottling up Reynoso Kevin Molino did absolutely nothing in this game uh you know there was some discussion of what a great job Ozzy Alonso was doing I mean I guess he did an okay job but I certainly wasn't watching that game thinking oh man I wish Ozzy Alonso was on was on the Sounders instead uh, not to denigrate him, but he, you know, he's just not, he's not as active of a player as he once was. I, I thought the Sounders really played well. Like, and I think the scoreline was fair. Yeah. I think like if, if the, if the three goals had happened at any other point in the game, you know, like, okay, so maybe it goes one, one, maybe Minnesota goes up two one, you know, maybe the Sounders are leading two one and Minnesota gets that second back and then they go on to win the game. Like, if that happens throughout the game, everybody's just sort of like, yeah, you know, Minnesota hung in there and, you know, Seattle were the better team over the 90 minutes, but I, that, I mean, I, ironically, yeah. I think maybe <laughs> if it had gone that way, I think the discussion we'd be having is, is different. And one of the ways it's different is I think we would probably be spending more time wondering about the Sounders set piece defending because it does seem like, like if you look at the raw numbers and you just look at it in the aggregate, the Sounders do a pretty good job defending set pieces. They don't give up a ton of goals. But man, it does seem like when they give up set piece goals, they're in bunches. And they're in ways that seem to be emblematic of poor set piece defending. Like on the, the goal, on some level, it's a great, the first goal, the Reynoso free kick, it's a great goal, 30 yards out, what are you going to do? Uh, but jump, jump, I guess would be the thing <laughs> like the, that, that free kick was way too low. I think to yeah. be getting Sh over the wall, Sh Shane O'Neill just doesn't jump. Everybody right. else on the wall does. And it goes two inches over his head. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's not great. You tip your hat on some level, but not great. Um, and then the free kick, you know, I it's not like new who completely lost his mark, but he definitely lets his mark get goal side on him. That's, that's bad. That's really yeah. bad, but, but it was it, also a really well placed free kick. Yeah, and the the header was great too. And the, so, and the header was great, exactly. Um, it was almost identical to the goal that he scored against um, Kansas City in the previous round. Yeah, I mean, it was it. You you tip your hat. Reynoso clearly is a very talented player, um, and so I don't know. I think you, but you're right. I, I think it would be a very different discussion. Like I don't think the Sounders. I mean, the Sounders were lucky. Anytime you fall behind 2-0 and you win 3-2, I suppose there's some luck involved in that. But I think the Sounders were the better team. You know, you look at any of the stats and they would overwhelmingly favor the Sounders. Sounders outshot Minnesota something like 24-7. to They had the possession advantage like 63-37. to They had uh, they had twice as many uh, duels won. It was, you know, the Sounders were the better team. Uh they played like a team that was at home. They played like a team that had more experience. And at the end, they really played like a team that had more rest, uh, which 
that's a bummer for you for yeah. Minnesota. <laughs> I like I I on some level I feel bad that they had two fewer days of rest, but I don't know. You play the the hand you're dealt, right? Yeah, and, and Minnesota had to travel uh twice. So they had to travel to Kansas well, City. Yeah, that's and, what happens when you yeah. are the lower seed, right? Yeah. You should you should win some more regular season games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't about. I don't I don't feel as bad about that one. Um <laughs> but you know, I, I think the Sounders if anything, I think their roster construction was was maybe uh, really won them the game because they had, you know, you look at their bench in this game. You look who they brought in. They brought in Kelvin Leardham, Brad Smith, Will Bruin, Gustav Svensson. Uh, those are starters on a lot of teams. They were starters for a they large... They were starters a few weeks ago for the Sounders. Yeah. <laughs> and most of 2019. Right. Uh, you know, the Sounders had had a had four starters from last year's MLS Cup final on their bench. Yeah. Which seems uh crazy. I, I know you tweeted this out as well that uh the four starting defenders were all different. Yeah, than the MLS Cup win last year. Um so I think I really want to like talk about how that win felt. I know that we're talking about like uh, Chris Egan of King five news tweeted out that that's like the greatest comeback in Seattle sports history or something along those lines. Um, I wrote kind of a, a gushy sappy thing about how I felt last night, but like that win to me was so vindicating for some reason, I, you know, it's 12 hours later that we're recording this from the final whistle. So, so like, how did you feel when, when Gustav scores and uh, Will Bruin makes that scream? <laughs> oh man. Uh, that was, you know, I was in my, I was in my basement watching without the kids and the kids were getting ready for bed. And I think I startled them pretty, like I heard some, some yelps of uh concern coming from <laughs> come coming from upstairs uh so it was it was loud it was one of those i didn't realize that was in there kind of moments yeah. uh because i did it you know it's funny because you know the sounders have won a few of these late games this year and I, i'm thinking back or like I'm, the, the game i think back to is when will scored the the equalizer against Portland. And that was like, there was a lot of frustration building up and it was yeah. just kind of like, and so I knew the, uh, the eruption was kind of in there waiting to come out. This one was, was, was different. And I guess maybe because the Sounders had scored two goals up to then. And so it was more of a, there was a, re a relief, uh, but it was, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it felt like a big, big win. It felt, you know, maybe not MLS cut big, but I don't know, maybe in some ways the explosion of joy was maybe even bigger than either of those. Eh. Well, yeah, because I, mean, I wasn't in the I wasn't in the press box with yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like and I, I think that this sentiment has been uh certainly talked about throughout the season, but we were all alone last night. Yeah. Like yeah. No, nobody was in the stadium. We were all by ourselves in our apartments and our houses and our basements. We weren't together. And I remember last year's MLS Cup win when uh, uh, Rui Diaz makes it 3-0 and then, you know, Josie out the door 
scored. I, I he, people tell me he scored, but I didn't see. I didn't see that. No, goal. I, I, I gotta say that's probably the least seen MLS Cup goal in history. Yeah, uh, but I like. I remember being being in the press box at then Century Link Field, uh, and one one of the one of the complaints about that press box is you feel so isolated from from the rest of the stadium because of the class and stuff. And like, I just felt like I was in the stands for that. Um, And, and, and last night was so special, I think, because like we all had that moment together, but we were all Mm -hmm. alone, which um, like made me really emotional. (laughs) And I tried to capture that last night when I wrote what I wrote, but um I, it's just instantly one of my favorite memories in Sounders history already. I, I agree. I think it, it, it goes right up there. I don't know. Like I would say that winning 2016, winning last year's MLS Cup, and this are probably the, the top three. And and I don't know that they're necessarily in that order. But it was it, – it's, it's up there. It's really high up there. And it was – it was really cathartic and it for a moment you really kind of forgot about the struggles of the year and but i would say you know similar to an mls cup win where you don't worry about the context of it you just yeah. know you want like you the way you won and it doesn't really matter how you win it i think this was a similar this was similar in that i think the sounders have played well enough up to this point that it's justified to maybe get a little lucky with the result, like, like to overcome. Yeah. And it, and it felt, and it also felt like it fit the narrative. Like the Sounders have come up with so many different ways to win. And I know that Schmetzer keeps saying like, this is a group of winners and this is, they never give up and, and this, that, and another thing. But this was a game that really showed it. And this was a game where I think only like a two time MLS cup winner pulls it out. And it it just there were there was something there where the Sounders believed they were going to win, and you could see that Minnesota after especially after they gave up the goal to to Will, I think the the there's a the belief came out of them. There's a photo um, of Ozzy Alonso picking up the ball out of the back of the net after Will scores, uh-huh. and you can just see on his face like he knew. Oh yeah, and I haven't seen this. Film, I'll, this photo. I'll text it to you after we rec- after we finish recording but uh like there's just like oh because you know he's been he was a part of that dc united comeback uh you you know ozzy alonso is obviously an important part of sounders history and that does not need to be talked about really (laughs) but like you could just tell that it was gonna happen and i think the moment where i like felt genuine hope um was when uh, Jordan Morris uh, absolutely obliterated the the post on the north yeah. end of the field. <laughs> like, if that goal had gone in, we the Sounders may have won like six two, I think. But uh, <laughs> it just like I don't I don't know why that shot. Like, I stood up for the rest of the game, which um, is kind of embarrassing to admit, but. Yeah. I was standing alone in my living room, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I suppose we, we may, we may as well talk about like what actually happened in this game. Um, 20 minutes in 
like I, I think the, the one thing that I want to say that Minnesota did very well and kind of dovetails into why I think the substitutions ended up working out really well is Minnesota made playing in the middle of the park, very difficult for the Sounders. And that's been kind of the, the Sounders like good. The good part of this team is, is the middle of the field with Christian Roldan, Nicholas Ladero and some guy named Chow Paulo. And the reason why I think the subs worked really well is because it just kind of abandoned the middle of the field and went, went to the, went to the flanks with, um, with Kelvin Lerdam and, and Brad Smith doing a lot of the possessing and getting the ball up the field. It ended up having meaning a lot of crosses, which I'm not necessarily a fan of, but yeah. What did you, um, what did you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that if you're, if you want to credit Minnesota with anything, I think they did a good job of limiting the transition opportunities, at least, as the game wore on early, like early, I thought the Sounders did a really good job of, of creating those chances and, and doing the kind of things that successful Sounders teams are doing this year. And that's getting out into the wing, the wide spaces and creating danger. And I think they did a pretty good job of that, especially early on. But once the, I almost feel like after the goal, the Sounders lost that ability and and frankly, between the two goals that Minnesota scored, the Sounders didn't do a very good job of that. And and they needed – and the subs really did make a big impact in terms of changing changing that. Um, you know, having Svensson's passing, I think, helped. You know, just, just, I think this was maybe Gio Paolo's least effective game in yeah, a while. I think that that's fair. And and it wasn't like he played bad, but I think, I think Minnesota did do a good job of – of, of shutting him down. Um, you know, I think it was one of those games where a Nico Ladero's ability to go from finesse player to grind player really paid off. You know, he had a couple recoveries that to me are just emblematic of how he's, why he's so good. And it's not just because, you know, Reynoso, I think you can argue is maybe on a pure, as a pure 10 is maybe a better player. You know, he sends in a, a more reliably effective free kick. He puts in, you know, he, he can do some of those things, but what he doesn't do is he doesn't, he doesn't have those recoveries deep in the other end. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't create those kinds of dangerous chances out of chaos. And the Sounders really thrived in chaos yesterday, I think. Yeah. And it was good to see them switch it up. Uh, you know, I saw someone compare Brian Schmetzer's style to Jose Mourinho, which I thought was maybe Christian the Hennage. most insane. That's my boy. Yeah, might be the most insane comparison I've ever. Uh, seen. I don't really. <laughs> I, I don't see the comparison between Schmetzer and Mourinho like on any level, uh, except for maybe they they win. Have, they That's, can, they, that I've what ta- they they win. I, they win. I, yeah, so exactly. I've talked to Christian a lot about that because I do disagree, and I, I just think it's it's an insane like the idea <laughs> that the Sounders are playing like this purely pragmatic style. I like. I don't know. They, they didn't really get out on the counter yesterday. Uh, so so I, I think the comparison to, to, to lend it some credibility. Uh, I think the comparison comes from the, not necessarily the style of play because Mourinho's famous for making 
this game very, very boring to watch. And I don't think Brian Smetzer has ever done that. Um, but the, I, I think the comparison has some credibility in the sense that like the foundation of the team is very similar to the way that Jose Mourinho teams exist with, um, with who, who they rely on the, the foundation of a somewhat solid defense, although, um, the set piece defending is, is something that we've, we've talked about. So um, I think that that's what Christian means with that comparison. I mean, it was, it was a, it was an interesting comparison <laughs> of all the coaches in the world to compare. Like, I mean, I, on a personal level, they are about as polar opposites as you could be. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, from a coaching philosophy level, I don't, I don't quite see the comparisons either. Uh, but you know, if you, if you just, I don't know. I, I suppose if you'd watch that game, maybe you, or maybe you only watch the Senators' last two games and you think like they're just playing for set pieces. And and in their defense, the Senators have scored four of their seven goals in the postseason off set pieces. Which this is not a team that score. I think of as a as a team that scores a ton from set pieces, and they've been uh, brutally efficient on them in the in the postseason. Which you know, it's again, this is like they got to be able to switch gears. I talked about this after the game last week that being able to grind out results is kind of a thing you need to be able to do in the playoffs. And the Sounders are showing they can win in multiple ways. You know, obviously they only have one game left, but I think the way they won these, the way that they've won these three games to me suggests they're well set up for MLS cup. Like they've been tested in multiple ways. I feel, I feel like this postseason run is kind of the opposite of last year's postseason run to MLS Cup, where yeah. you have kind of- you have the nail biter, which was F- FC Dallas in the first round. You have sort of the routine win, um, which was <laughs> FC Dallas in the last round this year, and RSL in 2019. And then you beat LAFC three one with a kind of a clinical <laughs> performance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess that makes sense this year. I suppose in 2020. Um, that everything is the opposite. <laughs> but, yeah. But the one thing that that is nice about all of that is that the Sounders are playing an MLS Cup again. Yeah, it it was, you know, I liked, I like this team. I really do. I think the Sounders could do, could basically bring back this team intact next year. And I think I'd feel really good about it. I, I do think they need one more chain. I think they need one more pitch. Uh, for lack of a to to switch metaphors, right? Yeah, if they can, if they can kind of add a changeup, I think that would be good. And I think that changeup would be probably a a a different kind of threat from Victor Juan. Rodriguez. You know, yeah, maybe a Victor yeah. Rodriguez, yeah, someone <laughs> like that who they really didn't replace uh, in a from a tactical perspective. Um, but they, I, I like this team. You know, there's going to be some changes. I don't know exactly what they'll be, but I, 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 I don't think anything we saw yesterday really does. It doesn't fundamentally change the way I feel about this team. And if anything, it was a reminder that there's value in having veterans that know how to win. And that's cliche and it's silly and it's not really quantifiable. And yet they come through in, in big moments like they did in yesterday's game. And I think, the loons looked like a team that had never been there before and they hadn't been and they hadn't been the yeah. sounders looked like a team that had been there before and 
the you know from the 75th minute on it looked the Sounders were playing like a team that believed they were gonna go to MLS Cup and Minnesota wasn't and um you know they were, and, they were this, almost surprised to be 2-0 up yeah and I think the Sounders as an organization took a lot of 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 like bad beats early on in their history uh especially in the playoffs you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't until year three that they won their first playoff game. It wasn't until year four that they won their first playoff series. And it wasn't until year five that they went to their first conference final. Or should, I should, I guess that, I guess they went to their first conference final in, in year four. But the first, I, they they didn't play well in a conference final yeah. until uh, until 2014, really. And you know, it was, there was a lot of lessons they had to learn along the way how to win in playoff games. And, and Minnesota, like all things considered pretty remarkable run for them. Uh, you know, to think that four years ago, they were kind of a laughing stock in MLS. They, yeah. You know, they, they were had, kind of like the worst expansion team in history category. Yeah, yeah. They'd given up the most goals ever, I believe. And, and Adrian Heath's uh, coaching acumen was loudly questioned. And I will raise my hand there. I think, you know, to his credit, the team really seemed to start to turn around once he got more control over the personnel and, and they have got a pretty good roster. You know, they, they were missing their top defender and their top goalkeeper and they made it to the conference final. Uh, I don't, I don't. And forward. And forward. Yeah. Yeah. They're Uh, number nine. Yeah. 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 Um, it was, I think Minnesota has a lot to feel good about. I just think that they weren't quite ready for MLS to, to make an MLS cup. And that's no, that's no knock on them, but, uh, you know, good to see that the Sounders are back in there. And, and this is, this is shaping up as a really, really, like, I don't know historically how the Sounders are going to stand up. It's hard to judge it in, in real time, but man, four MLS cups in five years, that's something that no one since DC United in the earliest years of MLS had ever done. Um, pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. And we'll certainly have more uh, both on this podcast feed and on the website. Uh, five day turnaround for MLS cup is not the shortest in MLS history. Uh, something happened in 2001. Yeah. That um, was a four day turnaround. So uh, the content will be coming thick and fast for you on sound at heart both podcast and website um we just kind of wanted to put out a quick podcast reacting to last night's historic win and uh we'll have uh, we'll have more stuff to talk about as this week goes on uh for jeremiah over there uh and for me mark kastner thank you for listening to another episode of the sound at heart podcast